0: I have a wonderful family. I have friends. I go to a good school. I' getting an education. Uh, you know, I got a bird. I still feel like shit, and I hate the thought of I'm not supposed to be this sad. I'm not supposed to be depressed. I'm supposed to be happy, but I'm not. <laughs>
1: Hey there, my name is Sean, and this is Suicide Noted. On this podcast, I talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories. Every year around the world, millions of people try to take their own lives, and we almost never talk about it. We certainly don't talk about it enough. And when we do talk about it, many of us, including me, are not very good at it. So one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations and hopefully better conversations with attempt survivors. Why? Well, in large part, to help more people in more places feel a little less shitty and a little less alone. Now, if you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com, on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. As I share every single episode, check the show notes if you'd like to learn more about all kinds of other things, including our membership. And if you like the podcast, if you get something out of it, please rate and review it on Spotify or Apple. It really helps people find it. And of course, we want more people to find it. Finally, we are talking about suicide on this podcast. We don't hold back, so take that into account before you listen or as you listen. But I do hope you listen because there is so much to learn. Today, I am talking with Billy. Billy lives in Norway and they are a suicide attempt survivor. Hi, Billy. Hi. You know, you've heard the podcast, right? Yes, I have. You know why you're unique? There's more than one reason, but do you know what it is?
0: I'm in Norway.
1: You are literally the first human being who resides, Mm. at least in Norway, who has joined me here.
0: That's kind of cool, actually. (laughs) And that's the reason why I reached out, you know, look through all of your episodes, like no one in Norway? No one
1: in Norway. I'm pretty sure, and I don't, I didn't like do research on this, but I'm pretty sure the reason we're talking isn't because you're the only person in Norway. Of course not. It's just that you happen to find the podcast, listen to it, and then reach out.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I think I started listening to it in like the beginning of 2021, Been two years, yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, for people that don't know, let's give our audience just a little 30-second summary of Norway. It is uh, high up in the uh, geographical <laughs> stratosphere.
0: Northern Norway, yeah. I'm in northern Norway, but yeah, it's pretty far north in general.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, you have a lot of long summers and a lot of long winters.
0: I wouldn't say a long uh, summer, but yeah, very long winters. Long winters. I can see on the top of the mountains, there's already snow. A
1: couple other facts. The capital is Oslo. Oslo, yeah. I'm sure it's a beautiful city.
0: It's very nice, yeah.
1: What else? That you're very good at Nordic (laughs) sports. I do. Not surprising.
0: I speak Norwegian.
1: (laughs) And Billy speaks Norwegian. I always offer this as an option. For example, this week I spoke to a young lady named Grace. In England, but she's originally from Hong Kong. Gave her the option to do this interview in Cantonese. And she said, Yeah, that'd be great. And then I realized I don't speak Cantonese.
0: Yeah, you kind of have to, you know, know the language people are talking to you in.
1: Right. I would offer the same to you in Norwegian. And I'm sure you'd be absolutely amazing at that. But we can't.
0: Would you understand me? No.
1: Not a word. And there's
0: a lot of dialects in Norway, like a ton.
1: One of the things I forgot to ask Grace, which I. Damn, that's going to bother me. Because every time there's a new country, particularly a new language, that's what matters for this part of it. I want to know what the word suicide is in that language. So, in Norwegian, I think this might be the only real word, other than maybe hello or goodbye, we get to. What is suicide in Norwegian? Your dialect.
0: Suicide in Norwegian is selmord. It's basically self-murder. Selmord.
1: Yeah. Fortunately, your English is great, so we can just do it in English. So, you're in northern Norway. Share with the audience why you, let's start with why you reached out.
0: Yeah, it's been a rocky road ever since I was 14. Lots of up and downs. And yeah, in that year, I was having a particularly rough time. So I just thought, you know what? I need a playlist with suicidal songs or something. I just need to listen to someone talk about it. I just need to hear someone mention it or, you know, just explain it.
1: But why'd you actually want to talk to me?
0: Yeah, uh, I wanted to talk because I want to share, you know, like I hear every other person talk about this. I want it to be less taboo. Also, like I mentioned earlier, um, if you go to your podcast and you see Norway, then maybe someone in Norway could, you know, reach out or feel less alone. Yeah. So I wanted to talk and share. And also because I don't think I really, I haven't really talked about it much myself. Mm -hmm. So I kind of need to get it out.
1: Now, do you live alone?
0: I live alone in my uh, grandparents' big house. They're currently at a nursing home, too sick to stay at home. Yeah, they were like, "You don't need to pay rent. We pay for it anyway. You you can just live there with your bird." And I was like, "Fantastic!" Yeah, I have a parrot called uh, Poncho. He's in my bedroom right now because he's kind of noisy.
1: Birds aren't great for podcasts. So if I were to, uh, we have a big house in northern Norway. If I were to look out or walk out of the front door, would I see buildings? Would I see mountains? Would I see trees? What Would I see snow? Would I see people?
0: Yes, to everything.
1: Must get cold. <laughs> I don't know how this is in Norway because people get used to things, but maybe it connection true. to long, dark, cold winters and not feeling so great.
0: Uh, yeah. During the summers, we have the midnight sun. Basically, it's uh, bright all day long right. all night long and then uh during the winters it's just dark it's completely black the whole
1: not one day not one hour
0: it starts in like december and then the sun's back in like the end of january but yeah no sun whatsoever winters usually say up in here in norway like it's the depressive time and people often use that as a, an excuse oh you just have the winter depression
1: Right. It's interesting, right. Maybe more than that. It's also probably an opportunity for people to drink more.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I mean they're not wrong because you know, you you don't get the sunlight lack of vitamin okay. D. You're gonna get more sad or more down at oh, least. Yeah, yeah.
1: I have to tell you, I kinda get Norway, I kinda get Sweden, I even get Russia. I don't get Finland. I just don't understand Finland. I don't know is it more Russian or more Scandinavian? I the language is completely unique.
0: Like if I go to Sweden, I'm gonna understand. If I go to Finland, I don't have <laughs> I don't understand no. a word. I would say they're more independent, not very Scandinavian or Russian at all.
1: They're just Finnish.
0: Just Finnish. Mm-hmm. I love the country, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, no one from Finland have, have I spoken to for this podcast, by the way. Do, so you're alone here. Does anyone know we're talking? Do you share this with people? Hey, I'm going to be on this podcast. Bald guy.
0: No. no. I no. was considering telling my best friend, but at the same time, they're not going to understand. So yeah. no one.
1: Now, you said 14, you mentioned that uh, was a difficult time. How old are you now?
0: I'm 24.
1: So for the last eight years or so, or 10 years, I should say. 10
0: years, actually. Wow.
1: From zero, even though you didn't remember this, to 14, kind of normal? I mean, as much as normal can be?
0: Yes and no. I've always been very privileged, you know, living in a country with almost free medical care and going to school. it's, It's free. Like, everything is very open
1: free medical care and arguably free education is not a privilege it is a basic human right human right you don't have to agree with that i'm sharing that oh my god sean you're a communist you awful come on, relax <clears throat> hang on
0: get medical care to get an education everyone should have that
1: i understand why some types of education advanced education maybe it's not free, but mm, health care one
0: food and water Yes, please. A shelter, like a roof above your head. Yes.
1: So in any case, though, you had those things, but then you said yes and no. So it was the no part.
0: Okay. So um, when I was around five, I got this um, hip syndrome, uh, basically where the blood supply to your hip bone is blocked off. And then, you know, it just became like half moon or something. So I had a lot of physical therapy. Uh, I had to use a wheelchair. And I also still use crutches sometimes when it gets too bad. I am gonna need a hip replacement, but uh, not for a while. You know, I couldn't move physically that well. And, uh, and also because of the pain, I started eating as a result because I was so sad. I just needed to feel something. And so I started comforting. Yeah, and that of course ended with me gaining weight and I was picked on. And when I was using my wheelchair or crutches, people were like, oh my God, can I try? You don't even need it and stuff like that. And I didn't really have proper friends until like eighth grade when I was around 13. It was tough being kind of all alone.
1: Yeah. The hip sort of cascades or snowballs into all kinds of other stuff, right? Bullying, Mm. wheelchair crutches, weight gain.
0: And also because I couldn't join activities, you know, uh, in the free periods or something. I couldn't join every game they played. I couldn't play football. I was always slow on.
1: Is this the time to say at least the hip replacement will be free because you live in Norway? (laughs) Is that the right time to say that?
0: I don't actually know if it'll be t- like completely free, but mm. I'll only have to pay a small amount. Like I was recently to the dentist and I had to get uh, a don't filling me. done. Like,
1: Don't even get me started on dental because I'm going to go fucking ballistic.
0: Uh, I paid 27 U- USD. But the, like next year when I turn 25, then I'm going to have to pay up to 100, 150 USD. That's not too bad.
1: No. During that time... And I don't know if you can recall this, when you were growing up, do you remember the first time you thought about not wanting to be alive?
0: I believe that was after I started self-harming, though, in like ninth grade. I remember feeling just this sudden feeling of hopelessness and just feeling like I didn't fit in and that nothing I did was working out. I didn't get good grades. It had sort of, you know, built over time, this hopelessness, but then all of a sudden it just grew too much. And I was like, what is this feeling? I hate this feeling. I hate being here. And I just thought, what if I wasn't here? Is that a possibility?
1: 14 years old. When does the idea of it or the possibility of it turn into something more like active?
0: I would say when I was around 16, then I had been self-harming for two years. And I remember, you know, sometimes you search up things uh, (laughs) on Reddit or something because you're down and Then people mentioned stuff like suicide or other methods of self-harming. Yeah, at that point, I was really, really down in the dumps. So I thought, wouldn't it just be easy to just not be here anymore? So I started thinking about different methods. But what can I say? I wasn't exactly thrilled of thinking about ending my life until I was around 17. I also have to mention, I got diagnosed with diabetes at the age of 16, 15, sorry. A week before I started high school. That's difficult. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So when you say self-harm, you're cutting?
0: Yeah, uh, since the legal age to buy, you know, like knives or blades in Norway is around 16. Yeah, uh, I didn't have anything sharp and I didn't want to use the steak knives at my home. So I actually used a key.
1: So cutting, thinking about it more casually, if that's the right word, then you get diagnosed yeah. with diabetes. Brief little timeline here. And then when you get to 17... Does anything like specifically change or was it just a matter of things piling up and getting worse?
0: Uh, Well, I did go to a high school with like uh, more subjects in music, especially like um, for a musical high school, I guess. (laughs) I did not have a good time. I didn't make friends with anyone and I was doing really poorly at my, you know, assignments. Second, you know, I fell behind. The teachers didn't want to listen to me. They were just like, oh, you just have to work yourself up. Uh, I changed schools the next year, though, but the feeling of disappointment in myself at that point was just too big. I hated the fact that I had chosen something and I couldn't do it.
1: Yeah. And you say to yourself, I'm going to take my life.
0: Yeah. Uh, the thought started spiraling. Actually, I was around 16, but I didn't attempt until I was 18 five or six separate occasions I had written suicide notes to my family and my friends. Always up until that point, I would just throw them away because, you know, why would I need them? What am I doing? I'm so stupid. Just thinking, you know, how could you do this to them? So you think, you know, why am I being selfish? I'm doing this to everyone else. They're going to be so sad. I'm going to crush them. I actually
1: never felt that way. Isn't that weird?
0: Interesting. Not weird. It's interesting.
1: (laughs) I guess the thought crossed my mind. I've just written out notes of sorts i don't think they were ever to anybody it's more like here's why or you know that kind of stuff isn't it? yeah i don't know why there was something some something compelled me to do that okay back to your notes
0: i believe it's the third or fourth time i'm writing the Suiza notes and i've come home from having a maths exam and it went awful mm-hmm. and i remember my friends not kind of wanting to talk to me no one wanted to hang out and I really need reassurance or people to be with me a lot of the time. I'm a very lonely person, you can say. Um so no one wanted to do that and at that point I just thought this is really fucking hopeless. Nothing's working. I'm so stupid. Life is bullshit. It's not going to get better at all. I went home, it was around 12 or 1 p.m. started counting out my painkillers, uh, paracetamol or t- Tylenol it's also called. I believe I had like 30 grams of it, and also quite a lot of ibuprofen. But yeah, I just sat in my bathtub, counting out the pills. Uh, No water, just me sitting fully clothed, counting out the pills. After some crying and and cutting, I was cutting, I just thought, fuck it. So I just started chugging them down.
1: And are you living on your own as you do this?
0: Uh, This was when I was still living at my parents' home. So were they there? Uh, No. They were still at work till like four or five. So I had a couple of hours to myself.
1: What happened next?
0: Uh, I think I managed to swallow down about 25 grams of the pills combined. Then I just got sick the second a pill touched my tongue. That's normal. The rest of the day, I was super numb, super, super numb. Just, you know, walking around, wasn't hungry. You know, went to my bed just to lay there. And then around 9 or 10 p.m., I believe I got a phone call from one in my class, uh, just wanted to talk, talk about the exam stuff. And she said, I, you know, why are you sounding so weird? Because I was kind of weak at that point. At that point, I also didn't really care about what I said. So I just said, you know, I just kind of took a lot of pills. Immediately, she's like, I'm coming to get you have to mention though at that point I was walking out of my room to get dressed and my parents stopped me and was like where 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 are you going? And I said uh, my friend is coming to get me um she thinks I'm I need to go to the hospital and they were like why she doesn't know you she's she doesn't see you. I basically just told them uh, I'm gonna listen to her advice uh, she's gonna come get me and then I left.
1: Parents have any idea that you're struggling? No. Not suicidal just struggling they have no idea.
0: No. Well once in ninth grade, when I did start cutting, my friends started noticing I didn't want to take my jacket off and stuff. So they confronted me, one of which was struggling with uh, cutting herself. So she kind of knew the signs. And they told my teacher, then told my uh, parents. We did have a small conversation about it, but they did never really, you know, mention it again. They had no point. I had done anything like that. But yeah, my friend got me. I got to the ER. And lo and behold, my father was there. <laughs> Uh, he had driven after us and uh basically was sitting there in the waiting room with me. And, the, the, you know, he just flat outly t- told me, I don't think you need to be here, but what are you doing here? Why do you think you need to go to the hospital? And I just told him that I had taken a lot of painkillers. And he said, Why? And at that point, I don't want to talk to anybody about it. So I just said, I had a really bad headache. I didn't think that taking a little too, you know, a few too many would be that harmful. But yeah, I was admitted for the night, and my father just said, "Call if you need anything," and left. Even though I think he knew what it was, mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep the whole night. And the day after, two psychiatrists or something came into the room to ask me if I did try to take, you know, kill myself. You know, you don't want to say it, so I was like, "No, no, no I just had a real bad headache."
1: Yeah,
0: uh, they had given me an antidote, which made me throw up this yellow sticky goo. <laughs> but anyway,
1: mm-hmm. so the psychologist didn't press there didn't
0: they tried a couple of time like are you sure this was very many like you took a lot of pills i was like yeah no it's fine i was just i just had a headache and i I didn't even want to look at them so and then they were like okay then i'm i guess you're good to go
1: Then what happened
0: i skipped school of course i went back home and my parents didn't say anything nothing at all
1: have they ever said anything
0: uh yeah like now Gotcha. But in the past, they never even mentioned it again.
1: And between 18 and 24, which is your age now, right? Have you, Did you try again?
0: Uh, Yeah. Uh, a week later, I tried to overdose again on this time sleeping pills and my antidepressants because they were smaller and easier to swallow. And I just woke up the next day, you know, kind of dizzy, kind of like, well, oh, shit, now I need to get up a new prescription. But, you know.
1: That's something that doesn't come up much is if you use your antidepressants, for example, to try to overdose, you now don't have them to take. So you can't, right.
0: Uh A couple of months later, this was in May, I believe it was in August. I tried to uh, kill myself by cutting deep into my thighs.
1: Changed the method because the other method didn't work.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I've already cut. You know, a lot of my thighs. Why not just finish it all?
1: Try to keep a sort of straight face for whatever people say. There's something about shoving that knife into your thighs that makes me just, oh.
0: No, you're allowed to react. It's not pleasant.
1: I bet it wasn't.
0: No. So uh, I gave myself a, a couple of 10, 20 deep wounds on each thigh. Yeah. And I just sat in the shower, just, you know, looking at the blood pool out. After a while, I got really tired. And I was like, oh, is this finally it? I just fell asleep, honestly. Yeah. And when I woke up, it was just like dried blood everywhere. And I was like, damn it. Oh, well, I guess I gotta, gotta go to bed now. I'm so tired.
1: Parents find out?
0: No. I washed away all the blood and I should have gotten stitches, honestly. But I just uh, had those. So I don't know what they're called. Like tape pieces for wounds. Stitched myself up and went to bed.
1: Right now, you have probably pretty nasty scars, right?
0: I do. You know, they did start to fade. And then two years later, I started cutting again. Then I stopped. And now recently I've started cutting again, you know, the pressure.
1: Right, right. Cutting doesn't just go away easily, I imagine.
0: No, it it is like an addiction though.
1: I'm sure. Yeah. Between that last one and today, you haven't tried.
0: No, but I've been close.
1: Do you know the difference between the three attempts and being close, but not acting on it? Like, what's the difference there?
0: Like, for example, counting up my painkillers, thinking, you know, why not do it again? This time you're going to destroy your liver once and for all. And then, you know, choosing not to, but, you know, been being really close, like holding them in your hand, wanting to, but then I'm like, no.
1: What's the no? Because before three times there was no no.
0: One thing is my bird. I don't want to leave him alone. He's a very scared bird. Poncho. And I've had him for six years now. He's really connected to me. So, yeah, I guess he's the, the main reason why I haven't done it yet.
1: Very no- Norwegian name, Poncho.
0: Poncho? No. Yeah, <laughs> Is it?
1: No. Your bird keep helps keep you alive.
0: Yes. And I'm scared that, you know, they're not going to find a good family for him. Every hour when I'm home, except for when I'm asleep, of course, or if I have a fucking like, interview, then he's going to be outside, like flying around eating food and having fun. But I know a lot of people buy parrots just to have them in a cage and that's very sad.
1: Parrots are not from Norway, right? No. If you just let the parrot go and it acted like a bird, fly. Oh no,
0: no, fly. one of the bigger bigger birds are going to take it. He's very okay. blue. Birds that kill other birds they love colorful birds.
1: Well, that's big that's, that's nice. why you don't have super colorful birds in Norway against the white
0: yeah, that too. <laughs>
1: that must be part of it. Because like, why would it be blue if it's going to get itself killed? There's a reason. Yeah. Wherever it's from, the blue works. Uh-huh. Billy's showing me there a picture is. of the bluebird with the red beak. Nice.
0: Yeah, it's an Indian ringneck parrot. So not from Norway. <laughs>
1: right, totally not from Norway. Don't let that thing out of the house or it's dead. <laughs>
0: I'm going to try not to.
1: Anything else keep you alive other than the parrot?
0: I would like to say like hobbies or music or my very best friends but uh no no he's the only reason what happens if the parrot died i've thought about that i have no idea like like my logic mind right now says like oh you you could travel you could go somewhere else to get a fresh breath of air and you know find something else but at the same time i don't see any reason worth living if he is not here so it's kind of situation
1: (laughs) did you in all this time dating back 10 plus years get any professional help
0: yes i did multiple times either from the school nurses school nurses give you vaccines but they're also kind of like your psychiatrist in middle school i spoke to them they didn't really help me that much the first one i went to after i cut myself with a fucking key she even went like this why did you do this (laughs) and i was like what are you doing? Why are you literally demonstrating what I did to me? (laughs) I went to multiple, multiple psychiatrists and psychologists.
1: Did they diagnose you with something you think is correct? Did you get any Uh, comfort from them or help or anything?
0: Yeah, they tried helping me, of course, giving me something to distract me with, you know, helping me talk about my feelings. But they always focused on the wrong things. Like I mentioned, oh, I have a family, but I'm really depressed. And they're like, let's talk about that family. <sighs> it's so annoying. I got diagnosed.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Do they say it like that?
0: Well, it's sort of like, okay, let's talk about your family first. And then we never get to the issue I'm having. Like it's hopeless. But yeah, I, I went to um right. psychiatry, psychologist. I don't know. I started going to one regularly two years ago, I believe. She, uh, diagnosed me with major depres- depression major depression. i don't know these terms in english anxious avoidant personality disorder mm. so i'm very good at avoiding things and also unspecified eating disorder because i'm not quite on the anorexic scale and i'm not binging enough or throwing up enough to be bul- bulimic so it's kind of a mix
1: yeah and you've got diabetes
0: diabetes on my hip syndrome and i also have PCOS, if you know about that, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Basically, I have very long and painful periods and uh, I could maybe not have children in the future and that's because of the fucking diabetes.
1: (laughs) And you got the bum hit. Yeah. Mm, That's a lot.
0: Do I have anything else? Oh yeah, I'm also getting assessed for ADHD soon.
1: (laughs) You might be zen about it, but is there a sense of like, this is just not fair?
0: Well, I do feel kind of, frustrated when i you know talk to people and they have no issue how is that possible how (laughs) and also because you know i i have a wonderful family i have friends i go to a good school i i'm taking you know getting an education um you know i got a bird and all that i still feel like shit and i hate the thought of you know i'm not supposed to be this sad i'm not supposed to be depressed i'm supposed to be happy but i'm not i do get mad about that
1: do you think there's any truth to the idea that when you're trying to feel better and you do things and they don't make you feel better, in a way it's worse? Because you're trying the thing that's supposed to help maybe a little bit or more. It's eventually you're like, nothing's going to help.
0: I'm already there. So sort of, because I had the music, uh, I, I, I'd been in a choir since I was like six till around 13, 14. And i play the guitar, ukulele, piano, and all that. I love writing music and just playing music. When I went to the the high school, music high school, I guess, killed all of my joy. I have a guitar and ukulele, but I never use them. I never play and I rarely sing and always I feel shitty. That used to be one of my escapes. Not anymore. And, you know, we have baking or gaming. Like, I'll start to bake or start playing one of my favorite games and all of a sudden I just feel shitty. That's that.
1: (laughs) And what do you do then?
0: Doom scroll. I usually just watch TikToks or watch YouTube videos for hours upon hours. And even though I'm not really paying attention either, just, you know, existing. I wouldn't call it living though. Like, it's not a life.
1: Might be the title. It's not a life.
0: It's not a life. Yeah. Good title. not a
1: bad title. Might need a subtitle, but we'll work on it. We've got time. Kind of. Yeah, we've got time. In all that time, particularly the last like decade, did you ever go to a hospital?
0: Mm, Like a mental hospital?
1: Sure, call it that
0: no i never got uh, admitted but i did have like the question if from my most recent psychiatrist uh, if i wanted to be admitted and uh-huh. i just said no no of course not i don't need that right, right because i was scared i'm you know i'm terrified
1: yeah what's the um for lack of a better word here the reputation of those kinds of hospitals in norway
0: Let's just say that there's uh you know, there's help available. There's a lot of people, but it's not the best. I know a lot of people have been through the system and they hate the people and the help they get because it's I don't know how to explain it. It's just like, you know, the help is there, but it's not the greatest quality. Right. Like I mentioned, my latest psychiatrist. I went to her for almost two years and then I felt like it didn't, you know, we we didn't have a good connection. I called the reception and I told them I wanted a new one. And later that day, she called me personally to say, why do you want to change? You know, don't you think we should work more? We've already come this far. And I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, I don't think that was legal, actually. I do have a history of this, and I did mention it to her, but then a couple of weeks later I said, you know what, I'm done with the treatment, I feel better, I don't need help anymore, I don't want it, because I was afraid to ask for a new one again. So she let me go, and now it's been 10 months since my last session.
1: I wonder how many people kind of do those that kind of thing. They're not doing very well at all. But because of what you shared, like, no, nah, I'm fine. I'll, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm getting better. I'm taking my meds. Whatever. I
0: just... Yeah, that's what I usually do. Either if I feel a little better or I feel like they're not helping me, I'm just going to be like, no, it's fine. I don't need help anymore. But I was recently at my GP and uh, she <laughs> she's like, we're going to find you a new one. So yeah. I'm on my way to get more help again.
1: Are you on meds uh, these days?
0: Yeah. I am taking uh, antidepressants. It, it really helped in the beginning. And then we went up to the maximum dosage. And then I had some complications. I got very high pulse. So recently we've <laughs> reduced the dose. Is that correct? Yeah. It's so much worse. Like suicidal thoughts all day, every day. And I won't, you know, just feeling sad and hopeless all the time feeling so much emotion or nothing at all i must say the medication is more like a blanket covering all the bad mm-hmm. anxious stuff but not really for the depressive stuff
1: when you say all day every day i mean since we've been talking yes what is it is like, it a it, voice is it a feeling
0: you could call it a voice it's sort of like it's you know uh spelling everything out to me or it, as if i'm kind of reading it in a book it goes kind of goes in the circle why are you here why are, you, why are you talking about this? Do you really need to be here? People would be better off without you. It'll be so easy. Stuff like that. And also methods. But um, mm-hmm. that's also the thing. Um, if I'm watching a movie or playing d d with my friends, as we do every Sunday, it's always there in the back of my head.
1: Despite all that stuff, including thinking about it all day, every day, yep. you're in college and you have friends that you see at least once a week. Yes. And I'm not saying um, any of that to say, hey, your life is fine. No, I'm not saying... The reason I'm saying that is there's some level of you being to function in the world.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's been very hard recently, though. i like, um barely getting out of bed and missing a lot of lectures. But still, I manage to go sometimes because I feel bad if I don't show up. <laughs> you know, I feel worse if I don't show up. Archaeology. Archaeology. So even though I feel like this is hopeless and stuff, I still... I kind of want to get the education to feel accomplished. So yeah. I'm trying.
1: Yeah. So all of those three attempts were in your home and nobody really knew. I'm. Mo- you I mentioned your dad a little bit, but does anybody, did you ever tell anybody about any of them?
0: I told my, my closest friends, like three people, um, half a year later or so. Then I really talked about it. You know, it's very like, oh, we're here to listen to you just you know say whatever you want to say get it off your mind but at the same time they're like trying to distract me trying to get me to think about other things instead of actually talking about it oh yeah you did i'm so happy you're alive okay let's talk about something else
1: (laughs) play dungeons and dragons
0: yeah exactly (laughs) my parents uh they know now about everything not my choice Uh, that was something my psychiatrist psychologist uh, whatever it's called and me were you know working on but one day one day I'm gonna tell my parents about everything I'm gonna tell them about my struggles and how I'm feeling this is kind of a traumatic experience for me because this was something you know I really was building up myself working on to tell them myself
1: Mm -hmm. and then
0: one day my friend kind of pushed me to talk about what was what was up even though I mentioned her, I do not want to talk. I'm just feeling a bit down. And after pushing me to talk about it, she sent me a message saying, I'm going to call your parents. I'm going to tell them everything. You can stop me just because this is too much to deal with on my own. So one of my then closest friends, no longer, uh, basically said, you can talk to me about anything. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be here for you no matter what. Oh, wait, it's too much. You're too much. I'm going to tell your parents. Yeah. I know we're backtracking a bit more, but uh, the reason I didn't want to tell my parents was because I had tried once before to tell them I was depressed, and also on a separate occasion tried to tell them I was a lesbian, and both times I was met with "I don't think you are this. You're just following with the trend. We don't really think it's you. You're just pretending." So I was met with a lot of resistance.
1: Yeah, yeah. How many times are you going to go back to that person or people if they do that? No, you probably won't.
0: Yeah, exactly. So she called my parents. I just ran up to my friend, my best, best friend who lived close by and just had a panic attack, told them about everything going on. And then later, we went back down together so that we could have a talk with parents. It it did end up being stressful, but kind of nice because we did get to go through everything and talk about it all. But at the same time, I, I was not ready. Not at all. You know, after that, they really became like helicopter parents. They paid attention to everything I did. One day when I didn't hear my alarm, my mother drove home as fast as she could just to see if I killed myself. Yeah. And also during that conversation, I did bring up, uh, I did. I thought, I think I said something like, what about the time I tried to commit suicide when I had taken all those pills? Didn't my dad tell you? They both just said, oh, we thought that was just, you know, something you needed to do. Something that is just typical teenager stuff.
1: That sounds like they didn't believe that it was an actual, like, attempt. It was more like a quote, cry for help, or that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. They did not believe me that I was doing it because I didn't want to be, or they believed that I was doing it because of a trend, or to be cool.
1: Yeah, and and being a lesbian.
0: Yeah, that's also cool.
1: Do you wish ever that any of those three attempts had been successful? You had been able to complete suicide? You think about that? Yeah. Often? I mean...
0: At least twice a week. Yeah. You know, my mind drifts back to those moments and kind of reliving it. Sometimes I want to do it again because it's kind of freeing to think about it. It was a traumatic moment, but it could have all been over.
1: Does your gender and or sexuality play a role in all this?
0: No, I don't think it does. I was met with a bit of resistance and that they didn't really believe me when I first told them, but they don't know about my gender. They just see me as the little little old girl they... Daughter. That's the thing though, with uh, being agender, I don't feel like any pronouns fit me better. When they say she, it doesn't really, I I don't mind it, but I also like them and they, them, or he, him, everything fits. I actually love it when people are like, I don't know what pronouns you use. And I'm like, thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know how it is there, generally speaking, but like in here, man, I feel like, ooh, if you get the pronoun wrong, people get upset. I'm like, I'm trying.
0: Yeah, I, I understand that with my best friend being trans too. That you get misgendered a lot at work and people see you as something you don't want to be that you're not anymore. It's kind of painful. But yeah, my sexuality has been the only struggle is that my parents didn't believe me. But I did get a girlfriend and they were like, oh, okay, I guess this is your life now.
1: You have a girlfriend. You had a girlfriend.
0: I had a girlfriend uh, for four and a half years. That was my first one as well. She broke up with me because it was too much. She was struggling herself. So we didn't really help each other.
1: Right. When was that?
0: I was at 2021, so only two years ago. When
1: did you start listening to the podcast?
0: Before we broke up.
1: As we speak right now, how many people do you have to talk to, really?
0: I would say none, actually. Mm. Like, my parents know, my sister knows, um, my best friend knows, but it's kind of like they don't want to listen. Either Either I'm. I'm too afraid to talk about it, especially with my parents, because, you know, traumatic experience. I'm afraid they're going to be you know, very worried. I don't like worrying people. I mean, no one likes to, but uh, especially my friend, uh, we've been through a lot of stuff together, but still I feel like I'm bothering him or them. They have problems themselves. And also when I, you know, try to talk about it, especially, you know, my attempts, it's always like, like I mentioned earlier, you know, just change the subject. We just need to distract me and, and then it'll be better, even though I need to talk about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I asked that particular question in that way. It's not who knows about it, right? It's who can you talk to
0: about So, yeah, no one really wants to talk about it. They just want to avoid it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very common, unfortunately. But uh, When you're finally ready to open up and they're like, can we talk about something else?
1: Yeah. So, I have a couple more questions. Does anything
0: help? No, nothing helps. Uh, The only thing that has helped me with my... um, anxiety you know getting heart palpitations or just feeling stressed out is my vape that's Uh the only thing i started vaping vaping like a month ago two months and that aspect is better but nothing else works
1: not even your earrings because those are pretty cool
0: (laughs) i do have a pretty rad collection of earrings
1: what are we looking at here these are these look like orange-ish yellow dragons
0: Pterodactyls, dinosaurs,
1: big old dinosaur-like bird-type things hanging from Billy's ears. There's also other earrings that too. They're big though. They're probably like you know three inches across. Or something. Yeah. Some piercings and some earrings. You got some swag. Okay. Several tattoos. I notice very interesting. People who want to kill themselves don't get tattoos, do they? They don't plan, or do they? Maybe I'm totally wrong. They probably do. I shouldn't be so presumptuous.
0: Uh, I know a lot of people use it, uh, use tattoos as something therapeutic. You know, instead of harming yourself and get something beautiful on your body, and you know, you know, it's kind of also the scratching. If you're used to cutting yourself, it's kind of the same sensation. You have to look after it. So, I would say it's therapeutic. But also, if you have an appointment to get a tattoo and you want to show it off, it's just another reason to stay at least Mm -hmm. for that moment.
1: Then you could almost argue. One's life is just making little little moments, appointments, whatever, for reasons to stay. And yep. that might ultimately be what the whole damn life is, regardless of how long you live.
0: I must say that uh, when I do have an appointment, I am looking forward to it. And I'm, I'm like, I can't harm my skin right now. I need to be pristine to get tattooed. So I guess that's a good reason, I guess, if you have the money.
1: <laughs> Nor- Norway's government is not subsidizing tattoos like they do other healthcare.
0: How dare they?
1: You could go right down to Oslo, the capital, and have a chat, but they probably won't change their policies about that. Got it. Okay. Pink purple pill question. It's basically, I give you a pill, let's say tonight, you feel no pain and nobody knows that it was a suicide. Would you take it?
0: If I had a way to ensure that my bird gets a family tomorrow, then Yes. If I know that my family my family, well, my bird will get, you know, uh, moved to someone else tomorrow, then yes. All right. Would you? No. No.
1: But nobody's ever asked me that. I, I appreciate it. I don't <laughs> I think I. Well, you don't know only because I edit, right? So sometimes I'll edit things out. Not a lot. I don't think I would take. No, I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't take it.
0: But you were considering.
1: Well, I think about everything, but no, I wouldn't take it.
0: Well, thank you for your honesty. Sure.
1: I don't think I have to be actively suicidal to host this podcast.
0: No, you're right. (laughs) Who the
1: fuck else is doing it, Billy? Nobody.
0: Exactly.
1: I wonder how I would feel like if somebody said, Oh, this is a really interesting idea and they did their own podcast and it was like very, very similar to the format. You know, I should be like, Good, we need more of these conversations, but there'd be part of me ego-driven that would be like, I'm better at this than he is or she is. (laughs) This is
0: my podcast. I, I (laughs) I understand.
1: Yeah. Tbh, so are there any myths that you want to dispel?
0: I do hate the myth I mentioned earlier about being selfish, as much as I have believed it myself. Even suicidal people or in general depressed people, they don't want to be in that way. They don't want to think the way they do. They just want to stay, but they see no reason or feel, you know, hopeless. Oh yeah, and also when people uh, mention. But, you know, don't you know what it would do to your family or your friends? They're going to be crushed. And I'm like, yes, I fucking know. I've thought about it a lot. Don't you think I'm aware of what I'm doing to my family if I kill myself? Mm -hmm. I am totally aware. And I hate that because then you feel so much worse. Some people could say it's actually contributing to wanting to kill yourself because you feel very bad. Yeah. And also the fact that, you know, uh, it's just teenagers and kids that kill themselves. I know I'm a very young adult, I'm only 24, but um, I remember, you know, like my parents even said, we thought it was just a face since you mm-hmm. we were, un, you know, under the age of 20. So I've kind of felt that, yeah. And I've also heard people, you know, talking about this and being like, oh, it's okay once they reach adulthood, They're, they'll be fine. No.
1: Middle-aged men here in certain parts of this country are very high levels and also older, older people. And part of the reason is, part of it, it's complicated, is the way we treat older people here. You well, that doesn't help, obviously.
0: Oh, but yeah, people need to understand that to have suicidal ideations, you don't need to be below the age of 18. You can be, you know, as little as three to fucking 140.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Remember when you said you were talking to your friends or sharing with them, and then they kind of deflected and said something like, let's play Dungeons and Dragons or do something else? When you were talking about it, the moment before they say, they deflected, what would you want them to say?
0: I think I would like them to say, like, no matter what you're thinking about, no matter what you need to say, just say it. I'm not going to judge you. I'm just here to listen. And if you want a distraction or if you want to talk about it, then we'll do that.
1: Options. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, options.
1: That takes a certain level of awareness. Yeah. And that takes a certain level of, I suppose, well, intentionality. There's something about framing things clearly, right? So to say to somebody, hey, I I know there's no value in me trying to like offer a bunch of solutions. I do know a place that I do know someone who's really good to talk to. If that's what you want, let me know. That's very different than you should go talk to this person. It's a totally different thing you're saying.
0: And I I gotta say, I do understand that not everyone is, you know, comfortable talking about it, that some people think it's very difficult to respond in a a good way. Like Mm -hmm. they don't know how to respond. So that's why I, if I, you know, gather up the courage to act, actually talk about it, I say, do you mind if I share some heavy stuff? Or do you mind if we talk? It's kind, kind of deep. And then they say, say yes or no. But at the same time, that's exactly what happened to my ex-friend who told my parents.
1: I think you're making a really good point in that, like, letting somebody know and giving them an option as well.
0: Yeah. Especially Good. since the last thing I want to do is be a burden to someone. So I know if, mm-hmm. if they can't handle it, then I'm not going to you know talk about this with them.
1: One of the hardest things for me to figure out is that I wouldn't be able to have these conversations like eight hours a day. And no. also the dynamic here is different than me being your friend and meeting for coffee. And it's there's just many differences. But because I'm so, at least I feel this way, I don't know how it sounds like to people. I'm so okay listening to this stuff and talking about it. It's a little hard for me to be like, I don't understand why it's so hard for you. I need to improve upon this idea that not everybody's just that way. However, I don't know how I got, you know, and they're just not. Yeah. But I'm critical of it. I mean, come on, man. Just do better. Not that hard, but I think it might be.
0: Yeah. Not everyone is cut out for it.
1: Not everyone's cut out for it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not cut out for most things, but a couple of things I can do, <laughs> okay, you know?
0: I mean, you're doing this podcast pretty okay, so.
1: That well, that's one of them. I think I'm doing okay. There's all the very long list of all kinds of other things that many people do well that I do not.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Um, so you're 24. I think, based on what we've talked about, I have a sense that the following answer—this is the worst interviewing style ever—to predict someone's answer is, "I don't know." That's my. That's this is your answer. Here's the yeah. question: Will you make it to 25? Yeah. Oh I'm, I'm 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 wrong. Love being wrong. 25. Okay.
0: Let's just say I think so. No promises.
1: <laughs> what what else would you like to share here? I know you had probably some things on your mind. You also mentioned earlier something about we'll get to this later in reference to the notes. I don't know what you meant by that. So I just want to make sure you have a chance to say what you want to say.
0: Well, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I can say that I have six notes in my closet right now just in case
1: yeah. six notes just in case and there are six different notes to six different people
0: yes so share shared one to my parents and i have one for my sister and three of my closest friends no wait that was just five never mind pretty Most- lengthy letters how lengthy like uh you know a, one, a normal page and i filled it up with tiny tiny writing for each of them, because I feel so bad if I, if it were to happen. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's not enough to make me stay if I ever feel that way.
1: Well, get, given that a lot, some of the stuff is genetic. Does your sister also struggle?
0: Yes, she has struggled with an eating disorder. And um, she's also got the avoidant personality disorder. We both have it. But she has not been as depressed, I think, as I have. And she has not, never attempted that I know of. We have uh, talked about, yeah, we did talk about it pretty, in great depth, but uh, yeah.
1: Do you avoid each other or avoid other people? Other people. <laughs> doesn't apply to your relationship with her, just others.
0: Yeah, no. It's really easy for me to, you know, say, yes, I'm going to join this and then I'm going to, you know, change my mind later.
1: So, yeah. And from what you've shared, it sounds like you're, you isolate a fair amount. Yes, I do. And right, right now it's what? 7.18 there, 8.18 p.m.?
0: Uh, Yeah, 7.18.
1: So did you stay in bed all day? No. I actually
0: had a, an appointment with my physiotherapist for my fucking hip. <laughs> and I had a lecture at school. I did not pay any attention, but uh, I okay. was there, I guess. And then home, chopped up some vegetables and making dumplings.
1: <laughs> that's a good day. I and mean, that's a day. That's a full day.
0: That's it. We could call it. A, we could call it a day. Yeah.
1: School appointment, cooking, this conversation. Um, and then and then, what's the rest of the night like?
0: I'm gonna finish making the dumplings and free some. Yeah, go to bed. Maybe try to get up for the another lecture tomorrow.
1: Maybe maybe <laughs> do some TikTok scrolling while you're in bed.
0: Yes, uh, I do have a party tomorrow. Oh, we didn't really talk about that. If if you don't mind, I've kind of abused alcohol too lately. Four to five out of the seven days in a week, I'm drinking.
1: When did that start?
0: Only like a month or two ago. What are you drinking? Anything from vodka to rum to, yeah, just liquor.
1: Getting super drunk?
0: Not like super drunk, but enough to feel it and to feel less stressed out. Less here. I want to feel like kind of distant.
1: I mean, people cope how they cope, right? They want to feel less shitty. It's pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah. Also because, you know, the time moves faster if you're drinking. You don't have to stay awake for as long.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, look, enjoy the dumplings.
0: Yes, I will try, but it's like at ten a.m. and um, I'm struggling getting up. You know, it's not—it's a struggle to get up in the morning.
1: Oh yeah, in Norway, first Norwegian representing an entire country. You think people up there might hear this episode?
0: Yeah, no, no one's gonna find this anyway. So
1: <laughs> it, they'd have to really. Proactively, actively look for something like this to find it. It's not going to just pop off and be like, oh my God, I know Billy when it comes out. And hopefully you'll listen. You know, it can be hard. Do you tell people? That's another thing that maybe you don't know until it comes out. Do I actually tell? Because I think it actually serves this other function in a way where it's like, okay, I've talked about some of this stuff. Now it's out. And instead of me, for example, talking to my parents or my friends, I have yeah. this thing that's easily accessible to most people. Maybe not your parents if they're a little older, but so yeah. easy to just say, hey, you know what? Instead of us talking about it, and this is just one option people can have. It's like, go to Apple, go here, search this thing, go click on there, and then you'll hear it. Like, I think that's an interesting option for people that didn't exist.
0: Yeah. As it as it's now, I don't think I will mention it to anyone, but we'll see. Maybe it does get better, and I want to be like, hey, this is how I felt.
1: Sure. But people yeah, okay. will hear it out there in the world
0: yeah i do hope i can be of some help or yeah, you know sure. that people you know can stomach to take the first step
1: well i mean just like you listen to it and in some ways it was helpful i'm sure you know for others it's the same so all right thank you billy enjoy the dumplings and i appreciate again you chatting with me so openly
0: yeah thanks for having me
1: of course enjoy your evening as best one can
0: enjoy your day bye bye
1: um, now As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. And special thanks to Billy in Norway. Thank you, Billy. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. And if you like the podcast, get something from it, please rate and review it on Apple or Spotify. It really helps people find it. And we do want more people to find it. Thanks very much for that. And that is all for episode number 187. Stay strong. Do the best you can.